0: The Terminator reinvigorated the dying action film genre while addressing the looming fears of the 80s.
1: We also learn once again that cops are no help.
0: This is 80's Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. The film is about a cyborg who travels through time to kill the mother of a future military leader who will eventually save the world from an evil military operation gone amok. That is the simplest way I can tell you (laughs) what it's about.
1: (laughs) Or it's about an action star female hero who really isn't a star at all and is just being taken care of by men. The entire movie. If the, we're talking about the eighties one. That's yeah,
0: she's not a she's not so much of a hero, Sarah Connor, in the beginning. I know, you know, it's interesting because <laughs> everyone thinks of Sarah Connor as this amazing female action heroine. And you think, wow, the 80s had those? And, you know, they really they really didn't because she doesn't truly become an action hero. Until, until she's
1: traumatized. <laughs>
0: right. Until Terminator 2, mm-hmm. Judgment Day, which comes out in
1: 1991. So, which is weird that they have, like, I think it's weird because they have, like, this whole franchise and they separated it by, like, almost 10 years right right like, like it's just weird to me I mean it was a good thing that they that they waited 10 years because the CGI got 10 billion times better uh-huh. <laughs> but it was still it was still poopy because it's 90s but that's well, the only reason I think it was okay to release it 10 years later. Because, like, if I saw... When I saw that movie, the first one, I was like, well, now I have to watch the second one. Like, there's no way I don't... Like, I have to know what happens. Right. In the future. Like, right. Like, that's what everyone... So, you're going to make everyone wait 10 years. Well, let's
0: talk about now there's Terminator 3, you yeah. know, uh, Dark Fate that's just come out in theaters. I've seen 20 it. 20 years happen. later. Nearly 20 years later. I mean, that is...
1: Not even, no, not even 30. 20.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. I did my math wrong. Me too. <laughs> yeah, so I will tell you that when it comes to uh, what I loved about the new film, and this is, this is actually about, you know, uh, how these movies affected Gen X, and so we're talking about Terminator 1, but I do want to say as far as Dark Fate is concerned, it is so rare that you get to go on an, an entire journey with characters that you've come to love. So I actually love that there was a movie in 1984, and then we get to see how, she's, um, how Sarah Connor and the T-800 have changed in 1991, and then see in 2019, now that these characters are much older, how they've evolved. It's fascinating. I, I just don't know that we've really had a film that spanned that gap before, and, and I well, love I'm, that about it. And and she becomes stronger and stronger. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, of course, in the new film, you have three female action heroines, so I feel like they made up for what was going on in 1984, but in 1984, you have, you know, Sarah Connor's a waitress, she's just looking for a good time, you know, trying to go on a date.
1: Her (laughs) friends have sex and then die. Of course, because this is
0: an (laughs) 80s movie, and so if you have sex and you're unmarried, you're going to die. That's just the
1: way it is. Um, But I have a question about the new one, because I didn't get to see the new one. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah, and he isn't—he's older, right? Yeah. So how is he a robot?
0: Oh yeah, we talk. Uh, yeah, I was talking about that with some of my friends, my movie critic
1: friends who also saw
0: it. Is uh, you know they don't really explain how he's aged i would have liked it if they would have thrown in something about the fact of maybe they've been programmed to age to blend in yeah. or you know he was doing something deliberately to age i don't know they don't explain it but he is older in in this one and has evolved which is uh, fascinating but you know in these first two films he's simply programmed yeah um and and he and and by the way that gets into the next issue about the film, I mean, how did this impact your parents, okay? This is part of the beginning of this toxic masculinity. Yeah. This is the beginning of equating guns, uh, powerful men with powerful guns. So, you know, in the 70s, we had Charles Bronson, um, you know, you, you who was a— uh, uh, a vigilante who goes after the you know the people that that the police don't you know the police aren't doing anything so he individually goes out with his gun and shoots people you got your dirty harry you know you have guys with handguns with the terminator you know we start to get assault weapons we have an uzi which i remember being a a big point of conversation in the 80s and assault weapons start to be a real issue and it starts to become something they talk about in congress and you know should we ban assault weapons this all goes back to the 80s and you know one thing you can't help but pick up in the terminator is how cool those guns are the terminator can just wipe out make people run you know just rat attack just uh. (laughs) the the
1: (laughs) during the first one i was watching it with my best friend And It looked like like Arnold was just like like he had a the one that just shows like like Mm -hmm. that one and he's just swinging it like around the entire room like (laughs) like like not even no aim just like. Yeah. Swinging it around. Right. It's like, bro, you're not even shooting it right. Well, right. Well, that's a whole other
0: podcast about the way actors hold guns. (laughs) But the thing that Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is he was sort of the ultimate man. You know, he was a popular pop culture figure. He'd done a couple of movies. He'd been in Conan the Barbarian and its sequel. He was known. He was Mr. Olympia and Mr. Universe. Um, And he, you know, and he had been around and was was known. You know, people knew who he was. But he was this big, muscular, popular guy. And by making him the ultimate killing machine, I mean, the thing about him is the T-800 is the most... Macho creation ever. I mean, it dominates everything in its path. But aside from that, it doesn't succumb to emotion, sentimentality, morality, compassion, empathy. It doesn't have any of those things, right? Boy, it's a robot. It's a robot, but who looks like a human, who's the ultimate male human. And so I think that that's sort of fascinating. He has all this gunpowder. Now, you compare that to the other man who's introduced in this film, Kyle Reese. And Kyle Reese is, you know, wiry. <laughs> he's he's kind of lean, you know? Yeah. And he has... Were you uh, talking about
1: the second one?
0: Or the no, main? no, the first one. No, who? Sarah Connor? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he is basically... There started to be this concern. I mean, this goes back to you have all these guys who served in World War II or the Korean War or, you know, even in Vietnam. And man, men were... You know, men were stoic and unemotional and weren't talky, you know, weren't, didn't have all these girly feelings. And there started to be this concern in the 80s that men were headed the wrong direction. They were becoming too feminine. They were um, soft and more touchy-feely. And that's who Kyle is, you know. Kyle has been in love with Sarah somehow his whole life. Even though, though he's never talked to her or met her and just has a photo of just her. Just has a photo of her. And then what happens to Kyle? He dies. He dies and who, who you know, and the Terminator is the one who continues on. And so even though in the end he is uh dismantled or, you know, he gets crunched up and is stopped, um You know, eventually, there's still, like, the feeling that the Terminator was the ultimate, Yeah. you know, he's the ultimate creation. Oh yeah. And Kyle was, you know, good try. Good try,
1: Kyle. Well, in the second one, they have the, I can't remember what it's called, but the metal guy who can just morph into anything. Anything, Like, that's that's the ultimate man. But they made the, I don't know. I think it's super weird, because when I first went in watching the first one, I was like, wait, why is Arnold, like, not... The good guy. Like I was confused. Right. Because he because in pop culture especially yeah. he became so such a a
0: uh, a warm figure. I mean, goes on to do kindergarten cop and becomes this like jovial comedy guy. And so and then it is it's is, the
1: governor. And it's the
0: governor, <laughs> the governator. So it really is weird to go back and go, Oh wait, you were the bad guy? And then I actually I saw the Terminator a long time ago, but I'd forgotten and I actually had never seen Terminator two, and then I had to go review uh, Dark Fate, so I actually watched these all out of order because I, I was trying to get enough of Terminator 2 so that I could understand Terminator 3, and then or Dark Fate. I don't know what we're calling it because there's so many other Terminator films, but um, and uh, so it was all jumbled in my mind, and so then I was like, wait a second. When is he bad and when is he good? I can't remember. Um, but that, but there is a, a in in Dark Fate, there is a big reveal about his character um, as well, which you know I think I think I know it's got some really weird reviews. But I think if you've seen the first two films, you definitely want to see this. Um, but anyway, back to our our masculinity issues. So the way that I think the Terminator impacted Gen X teens is that men were, you know, understanding that they needed to be super masculine. They needed to be pumped. You know, they needed to be in charge. Uh, they had to take care of women. I mean, that was an older thought process that was still hanging on there. But ultimately, she needed a guy to come and take care of her. Yeah. Um, and, and even in the end, she does grow strong enough herself by the end. And, you know, in the beginning, she needed a male protector. And then, uh, uh, and so those messages just continue on and on. As we've talked about, it's usually not that it's one film that impacts a generation, but it's a series of films. So, you know, James Cameron goes on to write uh, First Blood, which is the first Rambo film, you know, which is more of this, you know, muscles and guns and toxic masculinity and, and promote that kind of attitude. The interesting thing to me is that The late 70s were really marked by two strong female heroines, which was Princess Leia Mm -hmm. and Ripley from Alien, you know? And so we have these two amazing female heroines, and so I feel like the the path was there, you know? Mm -hmm. People want to see these movies. And then, you know... I don't know, look at that. I mean, you know, and you have uh, Foxy Brown, and you had some other, you know, Pam Greer characters, and you see that in the 70s, and then it just feels like the 80s, women just become sex objects again. Yeah. That's their only function, their only purpose is to be a sexual being. Well, I
1: think everyone was doing acid in the 70s, and we're like, oh, we should all love each other. Yeah. And then 80s came around, and they stopped doing acid and started doing coke, which makes me want to have sex more, Problem.
0: Well, so. I think there was a lot—I think that's a that's a good point, maybe simplified version. There were also, like, a lot of serial killing in the yeah, late in 70s, the 70s and early 80s, so I don't know if it was all peace and love, but yeah. Well, not all
1: peace and love, but you know what I mean. The peace and love really came in the early—that
0: was in the early—or, I'm sorry, that was in the late 60s growing into the 70s. By the yeah. late 70s, I think we started to get very— um, very disgruntled people were very upset and disgruntled right they'd gone through the nixon uh situation and and all these reveals that the government wasn't really looking out for the american people's best interest and it was just like a gritty terrible time and then we grew and every nobody had any money and then we start growing out of that in the 80s but in the early 80s it was just like yeah it became just about sex Mm -hmm. and of course by the way linda hamilton had to show her boobs, right? right? I mean, you could do that. I, I just—it's so funny how it's changed.
1: When that popped out, I was like, "Oh, nipple!" Like, oh, okay. oh there's a boob.
0: Okay, all right.
1: I mean, yes, I we're doing
0: this. It's so weird to me because you just don't really see it anymore. But it used to be so commonplace that if you were an actress, you would probably have to show your boobs, and you were gonna have to, you know, have an orgasm on or camera. Have sex, yeah, just at least. Yeah, you were for sure gonna do that. There'd be some close-up of you making your O face, and and by the way nobody's hands were down in your nether regions, right? Like, you were just having this orgasm. It was just happening. Yeah. (laughs) You know? His sheer amazingness of putting his penis inside, instant orgasm. Yeah, because
1: that's what happens every single time, right?
0: (laughs) Right. So, yeah, and comfortable conversations to have with your daughter.
1: Um, (laughs) This is the thing, though, is, like, not just, if we're getting back into, like, the relationship thing, I've been thinking about this for a while, and, like, this generation, like, I feel like, All men kind of suck, like, throughout the, like, (laughs) through history. Through history. Yeah, right, right, right. So, like, it's not, it's not, like, surprising that people are still pieces of shit. (laughs) But, like, guys now, for some reason, like, it might just be because I'm young and no one cares, and everyone knows we're not going to be married in the future, but, like, <laughs> but, like... Is that where you guys are now? Yeah, we're... Well, everyone's literally, like, if I'm gonna have a boyfriend, it's just so I'm not lonely, but everyone knows, like, you're not gonna get married in the end, because no one wa- no one wants to be having sex with the same person for their entire life. I think that changes, because... No, because, mom, like, literally every guy... Every single guy. And my guy friends have been teaching me about this, too. All they want to do is play the game. Right. Like, and it doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, okay, so, like, my guy friends are telling me, like, don't respond to him. And then I'm like, what do you mean? Like, if I want to talk, why wouldn't I talk to him or respond to him if he wants to talk to me and obviously likes me? And then he, my friend asked his friend, he was like, dude, if you were talking to two girls and there was one that was answering every single text you sent her and there was one that was kind of ignoring you, which one would you like more? And he said the one that was kind of ignoring me because it's a chase. Well, every, right. we've
0: talked about that for a long time, that when you offer yourself up to a guy, it's not interesting <laughs> yeah. it? because guys have a, a need to hunt, you know? So weird. It, it Toxic is weird. It, it is weird. It's like, why can't we just be mature about this and be like, Hey, I like you. Let's hang out. And yeah, mean, I was I, like, if,
1: if I'm not like, how am I supposed to get to know this guy and eventually try and get into a relationship with him? If I'm not allowed to talk to him Right. without making him not want to like not like me anymore. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, guys yeah. are just so weird. Like,
0: I just don't understand. It, well, what happens is... I mean, girls do this too, right? It's the same way that girls uh, like the bad boys and don't like the guy who's into them. Uh, yeah. As sweet and cute as they might be. And that's happened to you about a million times.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think that more has to do with girls having daddy issues. <laughs> well, maybe. But I, I
0: think it's common. And then what happens is, you as you... I would say... I'm not going to say this happens to everybody. There's a lot of people who uh, are mature and and have good common sense. Right. But I would say for a lot of people... um, that basically what happens is that you start to get tired of all that. And so men just, you know, a, a while men like the chase, they also want to plant their seed. <laughs> you know, those are just like inherent things. They want to settle down. They want to have these things and women do too. And I think it just all gets tiresome, you know, but ultimately you find someone who really, who you really fall in love with. Yeah. And, but, and then when that happens, then, then things change for you, you know, and then the way you see everything when you're just, dating and having fun and you're 18 and that's all you should be doing there's yeah. no reason to well, put i'm too not much into
1: dating it. because no one likes me but <laughs>
0: <laughs> um that you know
1: of or that you like back but fair enough okay so yes you had a thought can we also just talk about how the chemistry between sarah and kyle is just not there like it's to me there was no chemistry there First of all, second of all, she was terrified of him from the start and, like, was like, Who is this guy, like, trying to help me, telling me all of these crazy things? And then, randomly, he tells you a little bit about the future, and the first thing you do is just take off his clothes. Like, like, what? Like, why did you? I mean, like, of course, she has to have John, but, like, come on. Yeah. Um, You've known this guy for a day. And I he says mean, he's from the future.
0: So, this is the thing. So, movies tell us that when you are in a high-stress situation, that you might be looking for some sexual tension relief with the person who you've been on the run with. So but that's what movies tell us. I don't know if that's 100% true. I obviously haven't been in that intense of a situation, but I have actually been in the situation where uh, I was being stalked by an ex-boyfriend and your dad, this is actually how your dad and I got to be a thing, who I worked with, came over to stay with me to make sure I was safe overnight when it was sort of at its uh, height of where I thought this guy might come and hurt me. And he was very respectful and slept in a different bedroom and didn't try anything and make a move, which of course only made me like him more <laughs> back to the aloofness of it all. But, you know, so I've been in that situation and, it, and, and, but, you know, because I was scared and afraid of, you know, guy A, it didn't make me want to go have sex with guy B, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so I don't know how realistic that is. I, I have been in situations where I am running from someone who is, you know, a, a, a guy who is trying to hurt me beyond that one. And, and I just don't think that my, my instinct is to go jump in bed with somebody, <laughs> you know, in any case, I can't recall that being the overwhelming feeling, yeah. uh, the overwhelming feeling. And again, that may be because it's a dating situation and Sarah Connor is more in just a sheer survival. There's no, yeah. you know, ex romance that she's trying to escape, but, um, it just—I don't know. It just doesn't feel like those things would necessarily go hand in hand. Yeah. But on the other hand, I can accept it. You know? Well, yeah.
1: I when when she was in the car and they were getting like chased right afterwards, I was like, oh, thank God they had sex now. Like, <laughs> like yeah, they have that stress off of them. Uh huh. You have five minutes, and she had to get impregnated. There
0: are yeah. there are time travel questions though that plague me. Like, mm-hmm. um, how could I mean, if he goes back in time, he's altering right then when when Kyle comes back in time. He's altering time. So when John Connor says, you need to go back in time to protect my mother, at that initial point where, the, where, he, where he is the military leader is giving that instruction, well, that can't be his dad. That can't have happened yet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. These are the things I know. that I was in my head. thinking about. It's just a chicken and the egg. Because they do change time, they change the future um, in, in Judgment Day, you know? So they have changed the future. So none of that happens. And. And so, yeah, it hurts my head (laughs) because it's time travel and it's not real. So the 80s were very into time travel movies, as you well know.
1: Well, we love Back to the Future. It's always an iconic.
0: Yeah. And there's Time Bandits and there's um, so many time travel movies. But Um, even... Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure by the end of the 80s. I mean, the 80s is full of time travel movies. We love them. Uh, but and they all expected it to happen by now. <laughs> they did all... I know, they all All their timelines are almost done. 2029 is uh, when we're supposed to be, you know, dead in this nuclear war. Right. Um, but with, with the Terminator. But I do want to say that some of the notions from the Terminator were not original. Um, because you have... Um, you know, the, the romance about Kyle Reese thinking, I just, I saw a picture of you and I didn't know why. I haven't loved anyone else because I've only loved you since I saw this picture. Well, Somewhere in Time was one of my favorite 80s movies. And, um, and that, you know, predates it. I think it's 1980. And that's the premise, is this guy in the 80s, a playwright, like finds this photo of this woman. He finds a way to go back in time to meet her, so it's it's like a two star movie, but like I love it so much, and so do so many other people. Um, but it had already so so this story had already happened, and the other thing that it um, addresses is uh, the Cold War fears of nuclear holocaust with Russia. So I don't know how much you picked up on that, but that was in 1984. That was real. People were you know we had this movie called The Day After right at the height of the Cold War, and we really thought that that this is a real possibility is that Russia and the United States would get into a nuclear war and we were all going to be, you know, burned up skeletons.
1: Who would have thought it was most likely going to be Korea? North,
0: North, Korea. <laughs> North
1: Korea. I know. I, um, you know, we'll see. But um <laughs> I feel like a Kim Jong Un is going to get triggered real quick real quick. Like just like like I mean I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. You going to get triggered King real has, quick and be like boom button press boom.
0: We're well, that in. that gets in, well, see, this is part of also what this film addresses. It, the other thing that was a concern in the 80s is that our new computer technology was going to bite us in the butt, you mm-hmm. know, that it was going to wind up working against us. So you see that in War Games in 1983. That's what that entire film is about. So these um, computer mechanisms put into place to either ignite a war or stop a war because we have technologies that if a missile is coming our way we send something to go stop it mid-air so it go you know so they fight it out over the ocean or something um and so there is a a, a concern so where where um north korea is concerned i think that the opinion is is that his missiles can't reach United States mm. yet, and even if they did, we would see it and we would stop it before it happened. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, is he? Yeah, he's going e- to be easy to easy to push a trigger without any doubt. Yeah. Um,
1: he seems like a little brat.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, this is. Like the textbook on entitlement, it like comes to this kid and what can go wrong. The Terminator addresses all of these concerns that really were real concerns at the time, but also being addressed in other movies. I mean, Short Circuit comes after The Terminator, but it, uh, but you know, it, it was more or less kind of the same thing. Oh, we have these robot technologies and they are uh, defense systems and they could work against us if we, you know, if something goes wrong if there's some weird wiring. Um, and of course, none of these things have have come to pass, at least. Not here. I think we, in, in I mean, Russia, they've had some, you know, whoopsies. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only thing that uh, right now, like technology is working out pretty well for us right now, except through social media. But it also is working really well through social media because that's how a lot of people have their jobs. But it's also killing a lot of people because like, all everyone wants to do is be these people with a million followers and all these great clothes and super pretty and has a hot boyfriend or hot girlfriend and everyone wants to be them. So it's kind of killing other people, but it's also making money for a ton of other people too that have those jobs. So it's like, it's weird. Like, especially social media is like a whole different thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. But, but, but it is, there's always something new On Mm -hmm. the horizon. So in the 80s, it was like, oh, computers and robotics, and how is this all working out for us? And we're in a Cold War. And then, you know, yeah, fast forward, and I, I do agree, like, social media is this um just like the internet in the internet in the like basically late 90s that gets going and that is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. It's helped us in so many ways and has brought us down in so many ways and now here we are with social media that's literally the same way you can connect with so many people and it's opened up new jobs like you said and yet, you know, the way that people cyberbully
1: uh, and not, but there's a lot of things people don't even mean to cyberbully. I mean, they mean to flex, like, they want to flex what they have, but them flexing is, like, kind of, it kind of puts other people down, like, in a sense. Like, the way that, like, I'm just gonna say YouTube stars in general, because they, they're all so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, like, I love YouTube, but YouTubers are fucking stupid. Like, they're so stupid. Yeah. But, um... So when they post about how they have eight Lamborghinis or something and they're like I like I'm I'm hot shit. Like that's all they're saying and then people are like Okay. But you know what other jobs would they have? Right? So <laughs> I know, but it's are, like you have no talent and you're making like millions of dollars and like like other people are over here working their butts off and like not it's well, not mean, coming that's, together, you know. Right, but I that's I mean, the way of life. Right. They found a way to entertain
0: people even though it's bad. It's bad. Uh, but it, well, that's a whole other thing. This is this becomes my life's purpose, which is you have all these unregulated young people who don't know you know what like the responsibility that comes with what they're doing and reaching so many millions of kids Mm -hmm. and and the impact that they just don't have any realization and no one giving them guidance and they're making tons of money so they're just going to keep doing it yeah (sighs) but the terminator (laughs) (laughs) um uh so
1: you know overall did you like the terminator the first one, I was like, "And eh, what is this? Like, I was like... But the second one, like, obviously put it all together. And it was like... A, the second one was a lot better than the first one. Especially because Arnold's, like robot mask was so awful. <laughs> the first
0: one? <laughs> it's so bad. I know. Like, it it's was. so
1: bad. And Celeste was like, they put a mask on him. I was like, oh, no shit. Like, of course yes, they did. It's that, like, that didn't even look like an actual human being. Like, that looked but, like a regular robot that was just being, its head was just being moved.
0: I agree. But I thought this was the one circumstance in which it works, which is he's not real. Yeah. It is a mask. We know it's a mask that's o- the, the fake skin that's yeah. over his you know, robotic face, skeleton I know. And so I'm like, okay, it's so terrible, but I guess it makes sense. It kinda works so fine. I'll give you a pass on it, that. Yeah. The only reason
1: it works is because it was in the early 80s. Like yeah. that's the only reason Oh well how it about works? the
0: how about when the electrical uh like the electricity thing is like zap like Dr. Frankenstein in the forties or something?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so bad. It's so bad.
0: Um but I loved. I also loved Terminator 2 much more, and I think it's because Sarah Connor was so tough, and it was you know I liked John Connor as a character, yeah. and especially as
1: a kid, of course. Yeah, like you like you always love the main character kid.
0: Yeah, all the time. But I thought I thought he was, you know, this sort of like tough kid, and the idea that Sarah Connor, knowing what she knew, you know, did things like went and dated men. That maybe she wasn't really interested in, but surely for what she could, they could teach her and her son. Yeah, you know, like these bad characters who you'd like never date, the worst dating material. But she's like, she's going to date them because she needs them, the guidance, right? And I, I thought that was like a uh, an interesting quality that you don't see in films where you know. What I mean, and what a mother will do for her children, you know, and what she does. The one thing I didn't get, and maybe you can explain it to me because, again, I saw everything out of order, um, was the fact that the psychiatrist who, who, you know, the the police department psychiatrist who meets Sarah Connor in the first film and knows the Sarah Connors are being killed and sees the T-800 come for her and, and is witness to all of that, then now, in Terminator Two, says she's crazy and she's delusional. And was it the same person? Because I thought that
1: they everyone in the precinct like died. Well, having watched them out of order, <laughs> because the main <laughs> cop that was trying to protect Sarah, he died. Mm-hmm. I know that, like the main, the black oh, guy. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right. But um, oh, can we talk about that? Oh yeah, of course they killed him.
0: They killed the black guy. Yeah, and so,
1: <laughs> but so, that was the only one they showed.
0: In, like, die. Oh, two. in Terminator 2, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, how do I feel about this? So, on one hand, the super smart computer engineer who goes on to create this, these uh, this you know, army force of unstoppable cyborgs is a black guy. So that's good, right? Like, that's unlike the 80s. Nice representation. But again... Then he's also the villain who destroys the world. Yeah, and then, but he doesn't know. Them. And then he's going right. And then he's working with them. So then I'm like, no, no, no. Okay, good. I'm glad that we're not making the black guy the bad guy because once he knew that that's what was going to happen, he's stopping them. And then they like, you know, make sure he dies in a, uh, you know, in gun, in in a spray of gunfire, yeah. <laughs> in a like bloody awful way. Although he does does get to save them, but he's still dead, right? Yeah, he's still dead. It's just like, come on. And so I was hoping in Dark Fate that maybe we'd see what happened to his son, <laughs> you know? Maybe his son goes on to be a hero, uh, who, of course, had to be horribly traumatized by that whole experience.
1: Or maybe his son—because they, did, they didn't—did they shut off the computers in the second one? Like, did they shut off the thing, or they didn't get to it in time?
0: No, they did. So, remember, they blew up everything because Miles, the black computer engineer, winds up, like, hes he's holding it— Even though he's like bleeding out and everything, and he's holding, it's like I don't know how much longer I can hold this. And then they wind up getting rid of and melting everything, including, including uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? So that he also yeah gets melted, and that's the end of that. Yeah, we thought. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So by the way, I I, well I can't say it because it's the reveal. But at the end of Dark Fate, I just have like a big. There's a, there's a big hole in the plot, in my opinion. And um, so anybody, if you want to, if you want to, um, I'm at That's Tara <laughs> on Twitter. And if you want to tag me, I'd, like to, I'd love to like DM you and have a personal conversation about the end of the film. Because I really like want to discuss this with people about what I see as the giant hole in the plot. Yeah but you don't know cuz you haven't seen it yet. So um, okay, well, so I think we covered everything, yeah. you know. Um,
1: when you're a mother, you know, you got to go get free WWE training. Right, know? right, right. You know, pursue being an MMA fighter,
0: it's going to come in handy right. and we we're running out of time. It's 2019, <laughs> 2029's around the corner.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, well this is 80s movies. Guide to a with Your Parents. You can find us on all, pretty much all social media at 80s Movie Guide. Mm-hmm. And you can go to our website, 80smovieguide.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.